1: Hi, right, what's up everybody? Jack Maloney here with Friendly Bounce, Hardwood and Basketball Network. We're doing our special season preview podcast uh, with me right now. I have my guy Chris Barnwell. We're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. So, the Hawks over the off season, you know, they had some some fairly important moves. They lost Damari Carroll uh, to Toronto. They lost Pero Antic. Um, they picked up Tiago Splitter. They had the draft night trade where they got Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, they signed Drew Holiday's older brother, I believe, Justin, uh, from he was on the Warriors last year. Uh, the draft, they got Teron Petaway. Um, Walter Tavares is coming over. Just whatever. Um, the, neither of those two guys are going to be very meaningful to their season. Uh, last year, of course, they finished first in the Eastern Conference. They were sixty and twenty-two. Uh, had that incredible stretch during the middle of the season. Ended up going to the Eastern Conference Finals after a pretty, you know, not not so impressive, you know, path there, and then just got dominated by the Cavs and LeBron. Um, they were not hundred percent, obviously, um, and then you know, like Horford got ejected and stuff, and it wasn't wasn't really the true Hawks team, but it, it was never a series. So, Chris, what what are your sort of general thoughts coming into this season for Atlanta um, as they look to, to repeat as Eastern Conference regular season champions?
0: I guess just, will, DeMari, will the loss of Damari Carroll be as large as everyone seems to think it will be?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or can this team still be just as good at last year? as they were last year because I think they can be just as good offensively as defensively where the big questions come in because Carroll was their guy they put on the LeBron James and right. like Kevin Durant of the world.
1: Um, Carroll yeah, in his defensive defensive um, versatility was what was so important you know, he's six eight, and he can guard you know, 2, 3, and 4 if necessary. Um, uh, like yeah offense, in
0: offense he could hit three pointers right which fit everything
1: they did yeah and it was interesting is like his offense really came on late in the season especially in the playoffs um, you know i don't have the numbers in front of me but he was certainly more more much more important to their offensive success later in the season you know as he sort of grew from a a defensive stopper like glue glue guy 3 and d to like all of a sudden, he's putting up twenty plus a night. Like he really evolved as the season went on. But you're right; it's it's definitely defensively where um, his loss impacts them the most.
0: I mean, he shot a career high thirty nine percent from three
1: last year. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Yeah, and on three hundred over three hundred attempts, like it wasn't just you know a good percentage on you know like sixty seventy shots. Like he was taking a lot of threes. Um, so to replace him, you know, I guess you look to Tabo Cephalosha, we don't know whether or not he's going to be ready to start the season, he'll play at some point, um, assuming everything goes well, but to replace Carroll, you're looking at Kent Baysmore most likely as the first choice, then you have, you know, Hardaway is not really the same type of player, I guess you may be Justin Holliday, but... It's Baismore is going to be the first, the first guy that, that gets called up, and you know you need to step up, especially if Steph is not ready. What do you think about Bazemore as, you know, a, a potential starter to start the season and all of a sudden, you know, a big part of Atlanta's, Atlanta success? Do you think he's ready for that, uh, to take that next step? He a couple good plays, and he took
0: over a few times during the uh, playoffs last year and looked really well. There, obviously, he played a small role throughout the season. So, yeah. it was kind of a surprise to see him. I'm wondering how, he'll, how he'll do when uh, teams have a chance to scout against him and actually, you know, prepare for a guy like him. He's not the most efficient scorer around, but I don't think they're bringing him in for that. They probably just wanted to do what they did with Carroll and have him focus on defense, right? Because they already have a plenty of scores as is. Yeah, as a starter, I mean, I <coughs> guess Alright, oh, you obviously prefer to have Cepelosha, especially considering Cepelosha's on-off numbers last year were insanely good. So you obviously prefer to have a guy like an experienced guy like Cepelosha over Baysmore who
1: mm-hmm.
0: before getting to Atlanta, he kind of like floated around for a while, couldn't really catch on anywhere.
1: Yeah, he, you know, he's not um, he's not quite as big as Carroll, and so that you know sort of limits his defensive versatility he's not you know he's not guarding fours not that Carroll was doing that all the time but he could do it in a pinch you know if six five but basemort has got like super long arms you know he creates havoc gets in passing lanes and he's another guy who shot well from three last year and he was up a, like Carroll, a career high up over 36 percent um not on quite as many attempts but you know he's a guy who can stretch the floor as well create spacing it's gonna be interesting. The problem with Bazemore is you can't throw him up against LeBron. LeBron's gonna like back him down. Right, right. That's like, like Carroll you could do that. He wasn't
0: Carroll wasn't gonna stop LeBron, but he would do he'd handle him better than Basemore
1: ever would. Oh yes. No, without a doubt. You know, Basemore's not not stopping LeBron. Um, I guess you'd have to go to Cephalosha. Well, obviously Cephalosha if he's healthy, but Millsap if he's not, and you know, that's a a question you'll run into down the line if you have to face the, the Cavs in the playoffs again. But I think just Which for the... Really,
0: we're just going to kind of have to assume they have to,
1: right? Yeah. Like, you're not... You're not winning the Eastern Conference without going through the Cavs. I, I don't see anyone knocking them off before, you know, the Eastern Conference finals, certainly. Um,
0: yeah, so, you know, they're making the finals and going up against the Cavs in a rematch, or they have to face them in the semis,
1: at right? Least. You know, it. It's not a big deal, really. What, what round you face them? Like you have to, you have to be able to beat them. I, I mean, I don't. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Obviously, I don't think they can. Um,
0: I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But do we really see the Hawks anywhere else? But like, I know everyone's really high on the Bulls and everyone's high
1: on like the Wizards. But I still don't think there's any many teams in the East better than the Hawks. No, I think. You know the Wizards are going to be tough. Obviously, the Heat might might cause some problems. You know that's definitely remains to be seen. But yeah, I, I definitely, they're probably not going to win 60 games again in the regular season. But I see no reason why the the Hawks shouldn't be back at least in the second round of the uh, of the playoffs. Like I, I think that's a very, very safe uh, bet that they'll be there to win a first. First round playoff series in the East.
0: Yeah, as long as they stay healthy. I mean, they kept Horford, they kept Millsap, right. they brought in Splitter, they got they got Teague, they got Schroeder on the bench, they uh, got Corver and all of his three pointers. Who, mm-hmm. And last year they did get a little tired, and that that might have had something to do with the sixty games. That might have had to do with some of the injuries they faced towards the end of the year. Right. So, I mean, I guess we can assume that if they're winning less games, they're resting a little more.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, more Budenholzer is a Popovich guy, so um he would definitely you know, it seems like he would be uh inclined towards towards resting guys on occasion. Um let's let's talk about Tiago Splitter, who they picked up in the offseason as now their their third big. Um he doesn't he doesn't have like the offensive range that Pero Antic offered to space the floor, even though that was not always super successful. But what do you think about Splitter Splitter's addition to this team and how that sort of affects their big man rotation? Obviously, he's you know he's a very solid big man down low. I mean, I guess the biggest
0: criticism against the Hawks last year was they didn't have a true rim protector, and mm-hmm. now that they have one, they lost Carroll, who was their best perimeter defender. But I guess considering the consensus around the league is you build from the outside in with your de-
1: playing the inside out with your defense, mm-hmm. you obviously would prefer to have a great rim protector over a great perimeter defender. So I think the splitter addition is really big for them. Yeah, he. Sorry, were you gonna say something? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and it's it's another guy to go in, and he can bang down low. And especially with Horford, like, his injury problems the last, you know, few seasons. He was healthy, healthy last year, but that gives, that gives Horford the, the opportunity to sort of space the floor. Um, if you're playing Horford and Splitter together, Horford can kind of step out and, and knock down jumpers while you have Splitter patrolling down low. Um, it just gives them a lot of options what they can do with their big man rotation with, with Horford, Millsap and Splitter. But it's definitely a big a big pickup. Splitter, you know, he's not the flashiest guy. He's not the best big man around. But as your third big, like I mean he's been starting for the Spurs, like, when they're in the finals. Splitter has been around. He's a great addition to to the team, especially joining back with Budenholz, I don't think you know, Budenholzer wouldn't have okayed picking him up if he wasn't confident in what he could do.
0: And, of course, it allows Al Horford to go to his natural position of power forward, despite the fact that he's played center his entire career. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> so, I guess, you have any sort of final thoughts about about the Hawks? Do you want to maybe talk about Schroeder at all, or you kind of... Kind of good on the did Hawks here. Did you find here.
0: an interesting fact about Schroeder before uh, we, we were talking about this before we, we started this?
1: I did find an interesting fact about Dennis Schroeder. Um, so we're recording this on a Wednesday, which is prophetic or whatever, I don't know, I guess, poetic justice? I don't, I don't really know what the word is, but it fits because Dennis Schroeder, highest field goal percentage, came on Wednesdays last year. That's the important info to know. So, so fantasy... this is going to be one of our best podcasts because it's on Wednesday. Fantasy purposes, you got that DraftKings fan duel. Everyone's trying to get their money. They're giving out a billion dollars this year. You got to get your share. Give yeah, us the sponsors
0: DraftKings. Come on. Give <laughs> the sponsor.
1: You got, you got to get your share. They're handing out free money, basically. Wednesdays, you got an NBA game. You got to pick Schroeder. That's his best shooting day. Go to DraftKings.com/slashFriendlyBalance. slash no, do do <laughs> We we will be doing some FanDuel leagues though. Um, this year we did some last year. They're free. I, like we don't do them for money or whatever. But they're pretty. I mean, it's pretty fun. Uh, shout out FanDuel if you want to throw us some money too. I heard your I heard <laughs> you're handing out a billion dollars this year. Should throw some our way. <laughs>
0: FanDuel.com/slashFriendlyBalance.
1: Matt Moore, please do not <laughs> fire us. That's. That's bounce at gmail.com. You can email us directly. <laughs> Get in touch. <laughs> All right. So I guess final thing, where do you see the Hawks this year? Obviously, probably not getting back to 60 wins, but where do you see them finishing the regular season? They'll
0: finish in the top four, and I think, and honestly, they're my pick to go to the conference finals again, unless they run into the Cavs in the semis. I think they're the second-best team in the East side. I don't think it's really that close.
1: Fair, very fair. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Cleveland wins the East, and I think the Hawks are right there at 2 or 3, um, you know, given what happens with health and whatever. But, yeah, they'll be there in the end. It's, you know, it's a the same team as last year pretty much. You still got a lot of talent there. They're, they'll be around. So uh, that's that's a wrap on the Hawks. That's my man Chris with me today. Here's our boy DJ Los Latino playing us out.